You're listening to the Visionary Life Podcast. I'm your host, Kelsey Rydell. Each week, I'll bring you conversations with the most passionate business owners on this earth in hopes that you'll be able to absorb their wisdom, avoid their failures, and feel less alone on the roller coaster ride that is entrepreneurship. This season, I'll be chatting with creative thinkers, masterful marketers, brick and mortar shop owners, well known visionaries, and people just like you who have a story to share or a brand that inspires. If I can share one quick secret with you before we get into the episode, it's that we all have a little bit of visionary inside of us. You know, that spark that nudges us to pursue our full potential in this lifetime. But perhaps somewhere along the line, it got covered up. I'm here to tell you that it's never too late to explore that inner voice and access the brilliance deep down inside of you. It's in you. It's in all of us. Let's dive in. In the heart of Muskoka, home to some of Canada's finest nature and cottage escapes, there lies a town called Bracebridge. It's a place you can come to create, to taste, and to truly live. There's nothing quite like it. Which is why I'm so excited to bring you a special six-episode series in partnership with this magical little town. I'll be sitting down with local shop owners, restaurateurs, visionary entrepreneurs, artists, and above all, kind-hearted individuals who love sharing a piece of the town they live in. Bracebridge, Ontario is the perfect place to escape for an adventure, for relaxation, and to live out your own most visionary life. Be sure to stay in the loop with what's going on at Visit the Bridge on Instagram, V-I-S-I-T-T-H-E-B-R-I-D-G-E. Welcome back, visionaries. Quick up top, I want to say something to all of the solo business owners and small business owners who are listening. So I want to check in with you because it's the end of August. So I want to know, are you signing enough new high paying clients on a consistent basis so that you feel like your business is growing and sustainable? Do you have a marketing plan in place that works for you and that will continue to work for you until the end of 2020 and beyond? How's your lead generation going? Do you have people messaging you every day, filling out your application to work with you every day, inquiring about your services? And do you feel confident when it comes to strategically implementing a marketing plan for future growth? So if you're feeling like, oh my goodness, I don't have any of that figured out, I have got you covered. I've got an ebook that I'd love to send you. So if you just hit me up on Instagram with the word visionary, I'll send you the ebook and I'll also get into a conversation with you and dish out some free marketing advice. I want to see you sign new clients. I want you to feel equipped with the right plan. So head over to my Instagram at Kelsey Rydell and I'll catch you over there. Okay, on to this week's episode. So can I confess something to you? When I meet artists, so people who express themselves through floral arrangements or painting or pottery, I am fascinated with their ability to create something from nothing, to create beauty with their hands, and to see a vision 
and bring it to life using their materials of choice. I know deep down that we all have an inner artist waiting to be unleashed. Sometimes I feel like mine is very much buried, but (laughs) my hope is that this week's podcast guest encourages you to explore your artistic potential. In today's episode, I am sitting down with one of Bracebridge's most talented designers and florists, and her name is Tanya List. Tanya's early years included co-owning the number one rated floral boutique in downtown Toronto. Fast forward to when her daughter was born, Tanya and her family decided to move back to her much-missed and loved hometown of Bracebridge. There, Tanya has created a floral and design studio, working with clients to bring their bloom dreams to life, whether for a wedding or other event. She's your go-to gal for florals in the Muskoka area. So before we get into this week's episode, I wanted to read a review of Tanya that I actually found online, and this will give you some insight into how much her clients adore her work. It reads as so. Tanya made my wedding day an absolute dream. She's one of the most talented florists. If you're getting married in Muskoka, and amazing over-the-top florals are your jam, then you need to go with Tanya List. From the moment I first emailed her about my wedding, she was professional and could easily envision the style I wanted for my wedding. It was easy to communicate and plan with her from day one. She even went above and beyond with the things we had originally planned on my day when she added palms and pink pompous grass to a ceiling-suspended canoe at my rustic up-north wedding venue. Thank you so, so much, Tanya. You are a superstar. Okay, so first of all, what an amazing review. I wish all business owners had a like reservoir of those on hand, especially for the bad days that we all encounter. Um, but this above and beyond approach that Tanya delivers is exactly why I knew we needed to feature her on the show. So let's jump into this week's conversation. You can find Tanya at tanyalist.ca. Here we go. Tanya, welcome to the Visionary Life Podcast. I'm so excited to have you on the show. I know when I was chatting with some of the team uh, in the town of Bracebridge, they kept mentioning your name. They said, you need to connect with Tanya. She'll be a perfect guest on the show. So I'm very, very excited that we get to sit down together today. So thank you for being here and welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm excited. Let's dive in with a few quick fire questions so that the listeners can get to know who Tanya is. So number one, where did you grow up? Um, I grew up in Bracebridge, the town that I'm living in now. Um, I probably stayed here till the end of high school and then I did a whole bunch of other things and moved back just recently, um, probably like six, seven years ago. Did you ever envision like settling down in Bracebridge as a kid? Or did you always think, I'm just going to get out, get away, move somewhere different? Oh, I couldn't wait to get out. Like, (laughs) I grew up in an era before, you know, computers and cell phones. And we just like, it was a very small town. I remember when we grew up, we didn't even have a McDonald's until I was probably 10 or 12 years old. (laughs) So it was just, I was ready to get out. When I was 19 because like back then we had oac so um i moved to whistler for four years and then did nothing but ski snowboard and party it was pretty awesome and then i i don't know i traveled all over ontario and then somehow i managed to come back here 
like I realized that I kind of grew up in the best place, if you ask me, in Ontario. But I didn't know it at the time until I left. That's exactly it, right? You don't know what you have at the time, but then you probably missed it so much living in a bigger city after that, thinking, wow, I really do now appreciate that nature and that special magic that Bracebridge had. So that's really cool that it came full circle and brought you back there. I'd love to know what's the first thing you do every single morning? 100% is drink coffee. (laughs) (laughs) All business owners say that. I wake up, we have, it was the one thing when we, when we knew we were moving back up here, we were like, we need to get an espresso machine because we had, we were lucky when I lived in Toronto, that's where we came before or lived, sorry, before we moved here, we had this cute little Portuguese um, bakery at the end and they had really amazing coffee. So we would go there all the time. But when we knew we were moving here, I was like, we need good coffee. So that the first thing I do is go get a coffee and then I sit down and I just, I literally don't move until my coffee is done. Even mm-hmm. if my daughter's awake, I'm like, I'm like, mommy's not trying to finish your coffee yet. Like I, I have to just sit there and drink my coffee for about 15, 20 minutes before I can actually do anything. Oh, I am the exact same way. It's just <laughs> the best way to start a day. <laughs> what would you say is one of your greatest accomplishments, both in life and then greatest accomplishment in business thus far? Well, life, obviously, having my daughter. Oh, okay. My hubby's yeah. pretty awesome, too. Aww. Um, Yeah, like, we've got a good little family here. And not just, like, our little family that we have. It's just the three of us. I'm pretty lucky. I've got really great friends. My parents only live two minutes away. And my sister lives two minutes away. My, wow. I've got another sister. She lives in Ottawa. So it's very – we're very social people. There's always somebody at our house. So I'd say that's pretty awesome, like, personally and – Business-wise, like, I find I've finally kind of gotten to the point where life and work has a bit more balance. Do you know what I mean? Like, it took a long, long time to get there. I, I mean, I still work a ton in the summertime. Like, I usually work 60 to 80 hours a week in the summertime. But, but in the wintertime, I only work 20. Do you know what I mean? So I get to kind of make up for it in the wintertime. So, and I think that's... That's one of the perks of being a business owner is, you know, you get to make your own schedule. And yeah, sometimes there are seasons of hustle. Sometimes there are seasons where it's quiet, but we thrive on that as entrepreneurs, right? Knowing that there is always going to be kind of that that balance at the end of the year. Totally. Yeah. As long as Um, there's like a short time, like if I'm like, okay, I got to work hard for till, you know, this point, then I can, I know I can do it. And then I take a break. It's awesome. Mm -hmm. How would you describe the town of Bracebridge if you had to describe it in just one word? Quaint. Quaint. Oh, I love that word. So cute. All right, Tanya, why don't we zoom the lens back a little bit? I know you've had quite the journey moving from the big city of Toronto and now living in smaller town, Bracebridge. Could you kind of paint us a picture of what you were up to while you lived in Toronto um, and take us back to that point in your life? I did really enjoy living in Toronto. Um, When I first moved there, I was single, so... I had a lot of single girlfriends and then I think I would have been 30. I opened up a flower shop with my best friend and we, 
I think I owned that for six, seven years. And in that time, I met my husband and had a child. And I just realized when she was a year old, I was like, I don't want to live here anymore. So it's not where I wanted to raise her. And, you know, um, the shop that I had was on College Street. So it was right downtown. And it was, we lived in Etobicoke and it was too much driving. So that's when we, I just, I think it was one conversation I had with my husband, Ryan. I'm like, okay, we either have to move downtown. So I'm not doing all this driving or we have to move out of the city. And he, he's a small town guy too. So he's like, let's get out. So it, mm-hmm. it, we just knew we were, we were leaving. Mm-hmm. What possessed you to want to open a flower shop? Like, was that what you studied in school? Did you know you wanted to be an entrepreneur? Did you just stumble into this opportunity? I kind of, kind of a, a little bit of all of that. Um, I started working at a garden center here in Bracebridge. Um, I guess I would have been early 20s. So when I lived, did my days in Whistler, I had my winters in Whistler and then my summers here in Muskoka. Nice. Okay. And so I remember coming back here and I got a job working at a garden center. And I thought for a time I wanted to do landscaping. I was like, oh, that'd be a really fun job. And then you know, you only have to lay sod once in the pouring rain. And then you're just like, I feel like this is just not my cup of tea. And they also had a flower shop there. And I remember watching some of the girls doing like the flowers and everything. And so I was like, oh, I think maybe that's what I want to do. Like I liked plants. I like flowers. I like colors. And so I ended up going to school at Humber College and they had a, like a floral design program there. It was a year and a half and it was, it was really awesome. Like, I really, I'm glad I went. Um, I learned a lot and it was fun. And I also got to play basketball while I was there too. (laughs) Amazing. Did you see the opportunity to turn that into your own business? Or did you think you were going to go work for an existing floral shop? What was your vision when you graduated from college? I don't think it was ever really to own my own business, Um, like right at the beginning anyways. Um, I was also on the side um, doing a lot of sewing. Like I used to have a business where I I took like all recycled materials, like uh, ties and belts, and I made them into handbags. And I did the one-of-a-kind show, and I did all that like way back in the day. This is like before I was even a florist. And I think that kind of like, so I had that side of it, but that was always a part-time job. And I kind of knew that wasn't going to be my full-time gig for some reason. And then I ended up working for a couple of flower shops and I learned a lot. And then I just was like, well, I'm already running the store, like doing everything. Like maybe I should just do it for myself. So I did. So you did. Did entrepreneurship run in your family? Uh, Did you know a lot of entrepreneurs at the time? My dad is. My dad had his own business. So I saw him. My dad's a very hardworking man. He's very smart, very hardworking. And I think I got my work ethic from him. Like, actually, my mom's very hardworking, too. They both never sit still kind of a thing. But uh, yeah, no, it was it was cool watching my dad grow up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that probably planted a seed in your mind for for what was possible in pursuing your own path. So what was that first year like of owning your own floral shop in downtown Toronto? Was it challenging? Did it go really well? Was everything according to plan? Um, how did it go? We were really lucky. Um, when we opened up, um, it was called Pink Twig, which is actually still there. Um, my friend that I opened it up with, she still owns it. Um, and she's doing amazing. Like we, 
we opened it up and we just looked at each other and I, I think we didn't know any different. You know what I mean? We're like, yeah, we're just going to open up our own flower shop and we're going to make money and whatever. Right. Like we just kind of really didn't think about it not working. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And there's so many things that could have gone wrong. Like looking back on it, I was like, Oh my God, I had balls back then. But really it was, we were just lucky. Um, my dad believed in me a ton and he lent us the money to open it up because no bank would give us any money because we were both 30 years old and never owned a house. I had like a, a crappy car. Do you know what I mean? I had nothing to like prove my worth to the bank. So thank God, like my dad, like actually was like, yeah, I think you guys can do it and blah, blah, blah. And we were lucky, like within the first year we were making money, mm-hmm. which doesn't happen. I know to a lot of businesses, we were, I think we just got in right at the right time. Mm-hmm. Like, and a lot of people didn't even have websites back then. Like this is like, I think it would have been, I think it was 2006. I think we opened it up. Mm-hmm. So how were customers hearing about the flower shop? Like obviously you had a physical space, so I'm assuming you got some walk by traffic, but how did you get customers? How did people find out about this shop? We were, again, we just worked really hard. Like I remember like emailing every single friend that I've ever met. Do you know what yep. I mean? Any, any person I was like, oh yeah, I own a flower shop, like handing out business cards like crazy. And we were really lucky we got into magazines, um, which back then was really the only way you could get your product out there. Um, like there was no Instagram, there was no Facebook, there was none of that. And I remember you just, if you got married, like if you were getting married, you would go to the you know the Shoppers Drug Mart and you would pick out like one of four magazines, right? And we just got into all of those four magazines and people would be like, oh, there's a flower shop. Do you know what I mean? Like we ended up striking it rich with going into the magazines, I think, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. And I think like you can't discount the fact that you said you emailed like every single person you know, because so many people, they're, they're shy about sharing their business and they don't want to bother their friends and family. But the truth is, those are going to be your first few supporters. Like those oh. are the people you need to be telling so that they can spread the word on your behalf, right? Oh, yeah. Like if it wasn't for friends and family and like I still remember like you know, when we were struggling, my mom would come down with like food. She would have like soup and apple crisp and she would sweep our floors for free. Do you know what I mean? Like if it wasn't for my friends and family, I wouldn't be here. That's for sure. Thanks to edX for supporting this week's episode of Visionary Life. edX offers top quality university education at your fingertips. Supporting learners at every stage, whether you're just entering the job market changing career paths, or seeking a promotion, edX delivers online courses for visionaries like you on topics that you'll love, like marketing, entrepreneurship, and food and nutrition, among many others. To kick off my own edX experience, I enrolled in a marketing course and just wrapped up an amazing lesson on the topic of real-time marketing, which is all about how we, as business owners and marketers, can incorporate the narrative of current events into our promotional strategies. Professor Darren shared so many real-life examples, and I loved listening to this lecture. I also appreciated that I could listen to the lecture at one and a half speed, Yeah, I'm a little bit nutty like that while folding my laundry, cooking dinner, 
Hello Multitasking. Visit edX.org slash visionary. That's E-D-X dot O-R-G slash visionary for an exclusive discount and start your learning today with top professors and instructors from a wide variety of prestigious universities. You'll be amazed that you're able to access this type of information without leaving your laptop. Offered fully online, edX courses are flexible and can fit into your busy schedule. What are you waiting for, Visionary? Again, simply visit edX.org slash Visionary to get started. One more time, that's edX.org slash Visionary. So you run this shop, you come to kind of your end um, and decide to leave the big city to move back to Bracebridge. What was your plan in how were you you were going to transition your career? Like, did you know you would then open up shop in Bracebridge or were you just going to take some time off? Talk about that moment of deciding to make such a big shift in life and in business. Yeah, well, I knew um, I, I knew that I was definitely going to do flowers when I moved up to Bracebridge, but I didn't know really in what capacity. I was like, okay. I'll start working from home and I'll try just do weddings and events. And if that doesn't work, well, then I'll open up a store and then I'll have, again, like a physical space and then I can just do everyday um, business. The only issue is, is that I was trying to do more of the work-life balance. And the problem with the store is that you're open even when you're not busy. So it's like you have to be open. Like, I, And that's that's one of the reasons why Pink Twig did so well in Toronto is because we were open from nine to seven. No one was ever late. We never just decided, oh, we're not going to open today because it's sunny. Do you know what I mean? Like we were there every day, every minute, never without fail. Like, and I was just like, it, it was a lot. It's very taxing on having to be open ten hours a day. Yeah. Um, so I knew I didn't really want to do that when I got back. So I was like, oh, I'll just do weddings and events. So again, when I got here, I'm like, I'm just going to email every wedding planner, every um, chair person that I know, like any like rental company, anything, and just be like, hey, I'm in Muskoka. If anybody you know is like looking for a florist, you know, blah, 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 right? Yeah. And it worked. Like I, I still work with, it's almost the exact same people that I worked with in Toronto, but just up here in Muskoka. And mm. I knew there was a need for more florists in Muskoka because while I was in Toronto, we used to come up here quite a bit like to do weddings. So I did already know that there was, there's just not that much choice up here. And a lot of the, like the florists up here were only like, we're just doing smaller weddings. And my kind of thought process was like, I want to do the bigger weddings, do less of them and do like some of the bigger weddings. So I just magically worked out. Thank goodness. (laughs) With probably a lot of hard work as well. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so you move up to Bracebridge, like, did you establish a physical shop when you moved there? Did you bring everything to be out of your house? How did that work when you made that transition? Everything we had, when we first moved into our house, there was an existing garage. So we turned that garage into like a little studio space for me. And that's still my studio to this day. And I just work from home. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's pretty awesome. Like mm-hmm. um, I'm thinking about for the last couple of years of expanding it, like not doing a th- maybe a space. I, I honestly, I'm kind of like switching back and forth, but yeah. probably more maybe building a garage where I can have a bigger space just yeah. because 
and I have so many crafts that I like to do and the pottery. And right now it's, it's all kind of crammed into one space and I definitely need more space to spread out. Mm-hmm. So you are obviously a very multi-talented woman. You've had many different career paths. I know you were just explaining before we started recording how you had made the the beautiful mug that you were sipping your coffee out of. You've got talents in floral design, and I know you have many other talents. So when somebody asks you, Tanya, what do you do? How do you answer that question today? I just, I always just say I'm a florist because that's what I I know I'm very good at. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Like I, and then the other things that I do, they're kind of just hobbies. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm like, if somebody wants to buy a piece of art that I make, oh sure, that'd be great. Okay. But I don't really try to sell them. Does that make sense? Or like yeah. in my mugs, like there's like, I don't really try to sell them so much as I just really like to make them. And yeah. if I were to keep everything that I made, I would be a hoarder. So it's more like, just trying to get rid of most of it and maybe just recoup enough costs that I could just buy more supplies kind of a thing. I love that. So florals are the kind of predominant portion of your business today, but all your other passions are just supplementary, right? Like you love creating them and and probably love sharing them equally as much. And somebody wants to become a buyer of one, it's like, okay, well, yeah, that can be part of my business too. (laughs) Well, it's like even... Even the pottery, I had, I, I'd only ever taken a couple classes. I learned from some really fantastic women. And then I bought a wheel. I guess it would have been sometime at the end of last summer, but I didn't have any time to use it until probably November or December. So all this pottery that I've been doing is just since like COVID hit. Like I haven't, I was just like, well, I've got like a month, you know, because at first I didn't think it was going to last this long and all this stuff. And Anyways, we were kind of on hold. We were doing renovations at another house that we own. And when all this happened, like everything was shut down. We couldn't get the supplies. So I was like, well, I'm just going to do some pottery. So I honestly just put a couple of long days in a pottery and just realized how much I love it. So this is a very new passion. Mm -hmm. Seeing that, being that you have a lot of creative energy that I feel like is within you, I'm wondering... Where do you you get that creative energy from? Like, do you have certain rituals or routines or are there places around town that you find inspiration or have you been born with this? Like, where do you get that? Um, well, my mom is very creative and, and hardworking. Like, she's always just had a good eye for everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I was born with it a little bit, but I didn't even know I was creative until like I was in my twenties, like even in high school, I never took a single art class. Like I never learned how to do anything. Like it's all, I remember once just going to an art store and seeing this giant canvas. It was like the biggest one you could get. So it was probably like 60 inches by like 50. It was like massive. Okay. And it was on sale because it had some sort of like a black mark on it. I'm like, I'm just going to buy it. Okay. So I struggle with this giant canvas. I've never painted anything before in my life, but I decided I'm like, I'm going to buy the biggest canvas in this place. Okay. And I had it in my studio or like in my studio apartment, like not studio, just like this little apartment that I lived in in Toronto. And I looked at it for a year and I was just like, what am I going to do with this? Anyways, <laughs> I there. and I don't know. I think you just look around and I just see beautiful magazines and I've got like one of my best friends, she's an interior designer and she just can sew anything. Do you know what I mean? And I, 
there's like a space downtown Bracebridge called the Annex where I sell like my plants and everything there. And it's just really inspiring to go in there and you see so many different um, artists in there. It's, I don't know, like being in Muskoka, it's, it's very inspiring because there are a ton of artists up here of all walks of life. Mm-hmm. Um, this year, actually, I just noticed there's a sign that Muskoka Arts and Craft Show is actually closed this year. But as a kid, like we used to walk over there and just see all these amazing artists, all of them from in, you know, within a couple of hours of Muskoka. It was pretty, it was pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. I've been having this conversation a lot lately of like how to activate that creative energy as an entrepreneur. And I think that one thing me personally that I'm lacking is doing projects that involve my hands like painting or like doing pottery. And I just think that it's something that as kids is really exciting to us and we get the opportunity in school or our parents put us in certain after school programs. But then as an adult, things got really serious, you know, like uh, spending my days on my computer and on my phone and I'm kind of thinking like where where am I channeling my creative energy that's not into my business like what can I do to just activate something totally different and maybe reignite a a hobby that I had as a kid like painting um, but reignite it in my adult years so I think it's a really fun conversation because I do believe we all have creativity within us. Like when someone says they are not creative, I think that they just need to go buy that blank canvas and see what happens, right? I mean, you can't mess it up, can you? <laughs> I'm like, you're like, oh, it's so big and I don't want to, I don't really want to, I'm like, just paint over it if you don't like it. Like half of my paintings that I have made were probably two or three other things before. Like I've made some really ugly stuff. I just don't show anybody those things. Okay. Like you just have to, and it's trial and error, right? Like you just, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. And if it doesn't work, you just have to get over it and then just Mm -hmm. try something else. Do you try to instill that type of creative energy and mentality into your daughter? So do you have rituals or routines that you pass along to her? this Reed made this this painting yeah I was actually going to ask you if you did that so for the listeners who are watching this on YouTube you can see but if you're listening uh, on the podcast Tanya has this beautiful piece of art behind her which I I thought you did so tell us about that yeah no she she just would watch me do things so I went through this stage here I'll just see if I can show it to you again where I was painting faces okay and so she painted this face and this is her monkey that she carries around everywhere with her. So that's her little monkey. And then she glued some gems on it and some earrings. And she's just like, your mom. And I was like, oh, my God. And I'm like, it's prettier than mine. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and how old and she, was she when she did this? Well, she's only eight now. So she's probably six when she did that. Wow. Yeah. She's very, very creative. Like, we actually have a sewing, my sewing machine is in her bedroom right now. And she'll just go in there. Like even like yesterday morning, she sewed for two hours before she even ate breakfast. Like she just wants to make stuff. Like she's always like, mom, I have all these ideas in my brain. I have all these ideas in my brain. And I'm like, go do it. Like just clean it up after you're done. <laughs> okay. That's what I have to say. That is so cool. Is there one type of um, art or a, a, some sort of creation that you haven't yet made yet that you would like to learn more about, whether that is like watercolors or, or just something that you haven't explored that's on your mind? It's funny. My husband the other day is like, you should learn to do glass blowing. And I was like, Oh, yeah. 
it's kind of a little scary, like with all the flames and everything, but I'm like, I think that's something that I would like to try. But right now, because I already have too many hobbies, I'm, I can't, I'm not allowing myself to learn anything else. I'm like, I'm like the amount of time and energy and money I have spent on all of my hobbies. I'm like, I got to scale it down. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's a good problem to have, to have too many hobbies, I think. Uh, I'm wondering for a, a business owner who's listening to this, who feels like they have kind of lost their creative energy or they're just not finding time to activate it. Do you have any advice for how they could reignite it? Hmm. Um, hang out with kids, honestly, like they just do what they want to do and they don't, they're not like, Oh, I'm going to do that later. You know how like a lot of us are like, oh, I'm going to learn how to paint later. I'm going to learn how to do pottery later. They're like, let's do pottery now. Like, let's do painting now. So Reed, who's my daughter, and then her best friend, Briar, like they'll come over and they'll just be like, okay, we want to go just do something, Tan. Let's go make some clay. And I'm like, all right, let's go. Like they just, they want to do it right then and now and they, they'll finish it. Like they don't really stop until they're done, Mm -hmm. which I love. So fun. I love that advice to just hang around with kids and go play with them, right? You're, you're bound to do something fun, unique that you haven't done in a while. So I think they can teach us a lot as children. <laughs> yeah, or, or like even just sign up for a class. Like I, we're always saying, like myself included, like we don't have enough time to do it. We don't do this, blah, blah, blah. But like, you know, at six o'clock at night when you get home from work and you have your dinner and you sit on the couch, well, make yourself go do a class. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It's um, the annex, like the space that I have, the uh, plants and everything. They do tons of adult classes there. So you can do painting. You can do watercolors. You can do pottery. You can do paddle painting, whatever. Like they've they've kind of got something for everybody there. So even if you're not creative, you just want a night out, like sign up with a bunch of lady friends and go see if you like it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I love that idea. So being that we're recording this, what is it, June 19th, 2020, uh, we've just gone through some of the craziest few months, I think, as um, people living with this collective global experience of COVID-19. I'm wondering, what does a typical day look like for you right now? Well, right now, it's been, it was really fun the first couple of weeks of yeah. COVID, okay like because I was like oh, it's kind of like a vacation like you get to hang out with your family I did lots of pottery you know blah 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 but then it kind of hits like it was probably like a month into it and I was like okay well now what do you know what I mean like I run a wedding business and it was all of a sudden there's no weddings for the summer and then I'm like oh okay at first I was like well I get a summer off I haven't had a summer off since I was in grade nine okay so I was like that'd be great and then you're like okay then you look at your bank account do you know what I mean and you're just and you start to stress out about that right and then I'm like okay well I'm gonna start to sell more plants I'll sell some pottery like there's always ways to do it like but my typical day I would say is like it changes because right now, Rye and I, um, we still have a week left of teaching read homeschooling, which P.S. I'm not a teacher. Don't ever want to be. Okay. How's that going? <laughs> need to get paid more money. Okay. <laughs> That's what I'm going to say. Um, Rye, thank goodness, has got a lot more patience than I do. And he's kind of done more of it than I would say that I have. But yeah. 
I'm still there. And, and our daughter is eight, so she can't read on her own. So we basically have to sit there for three hours while she's doing her homework yeah. and help her do all of the problems or reading or she's in French immersion. Try to read French. I, I can't read French. Okay, it's terrible. <laughs> I'm, I'm horrible. Anyways, it's, it's been trying. Nothing seems to get done. Do you know what I mean? And, and if you want to do one thing, I find it takes like 17 steps to do one thing now. Um, because we were, as I mentioned before, we're doing renovations at like, we own another rental house, which Kayleen, whom you know, lives there. Yeah. And so we have like the apartment up top that's finished, but the apartment downstairs needs to get done by the 1st of July. And we were like, oh, we got tons of time, we got this, but we're going to find drywall. There's no drywall anywhere in Bracebridge. Trying to find someone to go do the drywall. Oh yeah, no, we're sorry, we're not working because of COVID. And I'm just like, it's been very frustrating just trying to get anything done. Yeah. Anyways, we're almost done, so it's good. But I find the days are are it's, it, every day. Ryan and I just sit there with our coffee and we're like, okay, what do we got to do today? What do we do? What yeah, do we, every day is completely different, and we're just trying to make it through to the end of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people could echo that sentiment that like, it's been a roller coaster ride, that's for sure. And not everything has gone according to the plan, especially as business owners, like there are things that have been out of our control. But at the end of the day, all we can do is adapt and pivot. And I love to hear that you're kind of focusing on other projects, right? And, and just shift that energy elsewhere. Um, and continue to plant seeds for the upcoming months. We don't know when this is will all be over, but we can keep at it and, and keep Keep connecting and networking and um, again, doing things that will set up, set us up for success in the coming months. So I think that's. Yeah. And I, I do think that for a lot of people, this is going to like make their businesses better. I feel like it's going to like, yeah. you're going to learn more going through it. Like I, I remember when it was probably a couple of weeks before mother's day and I didn't have an online store. Like I don't ever want an online store. I was like, Oh, it's too much work. Well, well, but I had all these plants and, and I was like, no one can come into the annex to see these plants. I'm like, I better, if I want to sell them, I have to yeah. make an online shop. So I did. Do you, do you know what I mean? So I, I've learned something. I've learned how to do that and it's working quite well. And you know, I've learned how to do pottery. So maybe I can incorporate that now into weddings. I'm like, now I can offer, Oh, I can make your vases for your wedding as well. Right? Like there's, I think there's just so many different things you could do and yeah. I think you have to get creative. So like if you're, even if you're, you're saying there's people that say they're not creative, well, you have to at this point because you can't just stick to the same old path because it's not going to work right now. No. And that's a, I love that you brought that up, that you didn't intend to ever have an online store, but you know, sometimes we are forced to adapt, forced to pivot, forced to switch up the original plan that we had in favor of meeting the demands of what the world currently wants from us. And I know it's not easy to get these online e-commerce stores up and running, but, um, you know, if you want to stay afloat, like that is the logical next step. And I'm sure your customers appreciated that, right? I'm sure they, they loved being able to access your creations online. Totally. And it's, and and, and I'm not computer like oriented at all. Yeah. So just throw this out there to anyone who's like on the fence. Oh, should I have one? Should I not? Like if I can do it, honestly, anybody can do it. Like it's, um, it, it was surprisingly easier than I thought.
it was time consuming. Like you had to take you know, all, all the pictures of all the products and you know, kind of tweak them to lighten them up and whatnot. But besides time, it really, it wasn't that difficult to do. Thank you to Healthy Planet for supporting today's show. Healthy Planet is your one-stop shop for all of your natural health and supplement needs, and they have the best prices, I promise you. I've been shopping at Healthy Planet for over five years, and that is why I am so grateful to have them as sponsors, because I know you're going to love how easy their online or in-person shopping experience is. You can find them at www.healthyplanetcanada.com. On their website, you can shop by department or dietary need, or even you could just pop in and check the sale rack. It's such an efficient way to ensure that you're stocked up on all of your favorite health goods all of the time. Use the code VISIONARY10 at checkout, that's VISIONARY10, and you'll save 10% on any online order that's a minimum of $49. So again, that's the code VISIONARY10 at checkout at healthyplanetcanada.com. And so aside from people finding you through your website or your online shop, what have been some of the ways that you've continued to market or advertise your business through times of COVID when we're not really leaving our homes and connecting with people face to face? Like, what are the strategies you've been using or have people just organically been finding out about you? It's just, honestly, Instagram has been the best tool ever since... I've been on Instagram, which is basically kind of the time that we moved to Muskoka from yeah. Toronto. Yeah. I don't know, that's six, seven years ago. I can't remember. That was when it hit it big. Yeah. <laughs> big? Yeah. I, I can't remember. And, um, and I only advertised, uh, I think maybe the first couple of months I was here in Bracebridge. And then after that, I have never paid for a drop of advertising mm-hmm. since then because everyone's like, Oh, I found you on Instagram. I found you on Instagram. I found you on Instagram. And I'm just like, why pay for it if it's there? And then I can, I can put on when I want it, what I want on there. It's like, you know, when I first started this business, like back in Toronto, it was like, you had to have like a certain picture and it had to be in a magazine and you never knew what page it was going to be on. And, you know, magazines only came out two times a year at that point. Like, you know, you had a spring, winter and then a fall, summer, whatever run one, but now I can do it whenever I want. Like I'm in control of the advertising. Yeah. That's the cool thing. And anybody can have a voice and anybody can have a platform at the click of a button and at the post of a photo, right? You can share your gifts and your creations with an unlimited amount of people, which is pretty special. Yeah. Um, I know you sell out of a shop or more than one shop in Bracebridge. Just one. Um, Just one. Uh, the annex. Yeah. And I don't do flowers there because there's no refrigerator, but yeah. I do lots of plants and then some pots and that, that kind of stuff. Yeah. How did you form a partnership with that shop? Um, I think a lot of people, they would love to be able to share their creations with an existing store, but they have no idea how they would ever make that partnership happen. Um. Well, um, uh, the girl, Andrea that owns it um she's pretty amazing p.s you might want to talk to her um noted (laughs) um she like has this large space downtown bracebridge 
And she wanted it to kind of be, she, it was her idea, her vision. She wanted it to be a bunch of different businesses kind of running out of it. So right now there's what's called the wild arts creative. And it's, I think it's 11 or 12 artists that share the space. And then plus myself that does the plants. And then Andrea that runs the annex. She also has um, a business called let the cat go. And that's who teaches like all of the, the painting and the pottery and all that stuff too. So she's at the back there. And it was kind of her vision. And she's like, hey, do you want to do some plants? And I was like, sure. Okay. Like it was, it kind of just, she's just a friend. And yeah. I really didn't think too much about it. I was like, sure, that sounds great. Like, it, why yeah. not? Right? Yeah. I Doesn't love work. that. Yeah, yeah. But it's great so far. Having good connections is so important, right? Knowing your your fellow community and connecting with the amazing individuals who own shops, I think, is something that you, you just can't overlook. Like you can't live in your own little silo as a business owner in a small town. You need to be meeting people and getting to know um, fellow business owners, but just community members as well, because you never know where those opportunities could pop up. No, I'm I'm a firm believer. Like ever since I was young, like things have kind of fallen into place somehow, not because I sat at home and did nothing. Do you know what I mean? It was, I was always out. I was very social person. It's, you know, I always say you party with the right people and this is what happens, right? Do you know what I mean? Like you get to just know them like on a personal level and they're like, oh, well, Tanya, doesn't she do flowers? Okay. And then they recommend you to a friend and all of that. It's all just, you know, word of mouth basically. Mm-hmm. The power of relationships, yeah, and word of mouth, which sounds like it's been a vital strategy in growing your business is just having people talk about you because they had an excellent experience, right? Yeah, yeah, it's been, I couldn't have done it without it. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would love to know a few Bracebridge specific questions that I can ask you. So first one, tell us why you love Bracebridge like what is it about this magical little town two hours north of Toronto what is it that you love about it I just I guess I've always loved it um we're living in a subdivision right now it's actually the subdivision that I grew up in believe it or wow. not like, the same street that I grew up in my parents don't live on this same street anymore they live on a different street but it's the cutest neighborhood like everybody knows everybody like you know I none of the houses are matching. Do you know what I mean? Like they're all different houses and they're not, I don't know. And I find it's a bunch of different people. Like it's not just people that grew up here. Um, like another one of my best friends, like she's, she's not from here. She's a professor at Western university and she commutes back and forth to Western. Do you know what I mean? Like a lot of like my husband is a pilot out of, um, out of Pearson airport. And so he drives to work every day. Like people just come here to live here because it's that awesome. Mm. Like there's most of what you need is here. Like there's a couple of things that I wish we had, but, but other than that, like you make do with what you've got. Like we've got some really great restaurants. We've got some great shops, downtown Bracebridge and the surrounding towns are fantastic too. Like you got Bala, you got Port Carlin, you got Huntsville. Like there's so many great towns surrounding it. Like mm -hmm. I don't plan on ever leaving. <laughs> mm -hmm. What advice would you have for somebody who maybe they want to start a business in Bracebridge or maybe in a small town that they live in? What advice would you have for them if they are feeling like, who, who's going to be able to shop my product or are there enough people and they're really getting stuck in that the town's too small to support my business? What would you say? It's, you know, 
it's a valid point. But the thing is, is that there are so many people that pass through here as well as like, I think the town has, I want to say 15, 16,000 people. Um, but in the summertime, I believe we go up to like, like in the Muskoka area, I think it goes up to like a hundred thousand plus. Like there's a lot of people that have cottages up here. And I feel like if, if you have a good store, you have good products, and you're there, you're open, you're not closed, you're, you know, you don't have wishy-washy hours, you don't, you don't only have half a store filled with stuff, like you have to have the whole store filled with stuff. Like, I feel like as long as you've got a good product, you can sell it anywhere, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. Um, That's true. Yeah. It's, it, I, I feel like people, like, they sh- there's a lot of people, especially, like, especially now that COVID has hit, like, I remember when it first hit, I was like, oh my God, our house is going to be worth like half the amount of money, da, 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 da. not in Bracebridge. The houses here are overpriced in my opinion, because there's so many people moving from Toronto now up to Muskoka. Cause they're like, if they were ever on the fence, like, oh, I don't know if I want to live in Toronto, blah, blah, blah anymore. They're coming up here. Like I've got a couple of friends that are real estate agents right now. They are run off their feet, like just trying to like find houses and, and whatnot. Like, there's a house on my street that's like, quite frankly, it's like, it's, it's a nice house, but it's like, I think it's $200,000 over what it's worth. Do you know what I mean? It's like, so there are people from Toronto moving here that have the money to go spend on stuff, which is what, is what I'm trying to get at. Do you know what I mean? Like there's a lot of city people that need those other things. And I, I, I feel like you could make a go of almost anything up here right now. Yeah. And yeah, that's the one thing that is very unique about Bracebridge and the Muskoka um, towns is that there's such a great seasonal population that comes up there and is ready to spend money. So yeah, there might be a few months that are quote unquote, you know, lower seasons, but I think the high seasons can probably make up for that, especially if you get over that mindset block of, well, it's slow in the winter. Well, do something to overcome that, right? Like get creative with your marketing. You have to challenge yourself to um, overcome those objections that might be present in your mind if you want to get into this as a business. Yeah. And they're also like the town of Bracebridge is actually doing a great job of trying to get people up here in the wintertime. There is... In my opinion, there's actually more things to do up here in the winter than there is in the summer. Like the cross country skiing is amazing up here. There's downhill skiing, there's snowmobiling. Like it's just, it's so beautiful up here with the snow. Like even if you don't do any of those things and you just want to get out of the city, you want to sit in front of a fireplace and just have some peace, it's perfect. Like there's, it's endless the amount of stuff you can do up here in the winter time. They have all these outdoor skating trails up here now. Like. You know, there's one in Algonquin Park where you ski th- skate through the trees. And then there's another one in Ballot, the Cranberry Marsh there, where you skate around this giant oval. It's unbelievable the amount mm-hmm. of stuff you can do here in the winter. It's amazing. Now, I know a lot of the listeners after listening to this series with Bracebridge, they're going to want to come visit and they're going to want to plan a couple days to tour the city and get to know it. Um, Do you have any hidden gems or favorite spots or places to visit that you would say you must go here if you're going to come to Bracebridge for the first time? Yeah, um, Bracebridge has got some great restaurants. Um, Main Street Deli is a great restaurant. Um, all home cooked food. It's delicious. Um, I am gluten intolerant. So there's another place called Beat the Wheat. They have amazing gluten, pro- gluten free products. 
Um, oh God, where else to go? Well, of course the annex to go visit all the artists. Okay. Um, there's also like in the surrounding towns, like, as I always say, like, don't just go just to Bracebridge, like go to Port Carling. Cause like they're all around like Muskoka, right? So you've got like, you can start in Bracebridge, you can hit up Milford Bay, then you can go to Port Carling, then you can go to Bala, then Gravenhurst, like kind of go around the loop. It's an hour drive if you were to drive it straight, but you could you could hit up all the different little towns and Port Carling is honestly, if I were going to ever open up a shop, that's where I would do it. I love Port Carling. It's the cutest little town. You can like drive your boat right up to like the LCBO, like where in life can you do that? Okay. It's amazing. <laughs> okay. And they have this great taco place called Tulos. And then they've got another, um, it's like a sandwich shop called York and Mason, and they have the most amazing, like, grilled sandwiches, and they have gluten-free bread there. Um, like, there's just so many places. Huntsville has belly ice cream. I don't know if you've ever been to belly ice cream in Huntsville. Worth the drive is all I'm going to say. Oh Homemade ice cream. Wow. I will yeah. link all of these in the show notes so that if anyone is doing the tour of Muskoka in Ontario here, that they can hit up all those places because I think you're making us hungry and really want to get out to a restaurant experience ASAP. <laughs> yeah, but the only thing to note when coming up to Muskoka is that a lot of places are closed on Sundays and Mondays, okay? So even restaurants sometimes, like not all, but it's always good to call ahead, to make sure, like, especially Sundays and Mondays, even Tuesdays could be hit and miss here. Yeah. So, like, I, I'm not sure what's going on now with COVID, if people are trying to work more or work less. Like, I don't know all the hours of all the places yet, but I know, like, we have a boat and we go out in the boat all the time and trying to find a restaurant sometimes that's open because I work every Saturday. And so I'm usually off Sundays and Mondays can tend to be a little bit trying sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Call ahead, do your research. But yeah, yeah, if everything's closed, just enjoy the nature up there. Go visit, you know, any of the wonders of the falls or just going on a hiking trail. There's so, so much to offer. So right, there's so much hiking up here, too. It's beautiful. Yeah, so much outdoor stuff that you could do on that Sunday or Monday when everything else is shut down. And I think that's what brings so much magic to Bracebridge is that there's an incredible community of businesses, but you can also just kind of find yourself tucked away in nature total peace and it truly is a wonderful escape so thank you so much for sharing your story and the journey of moving and and launching your business in Bracebridge and selling all of your amazing creations I'm wondering if somebody wants to find out more about who Tanya is and what you do and where they can support your work where is the best place for them to connect with you and find you probably either just my website which is just tanyalist.ca or on Instagram and I can't remember my Instagram handle. That's tangy. okay. You know what? I will <laughs> plug it in the show notes so that they can simply click through and follow you there and um, hopefully connect with you if they decide to make a trip to Bracebridge. So Tanya, thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate it. And I hope you have the best summer up there. Um, and I can't wait to pay my next visit to the town of Bracebridge because you've got me all excited to come explore it a little further. So thanks for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me, okay? And have a great day. 
special thanks to the town of Bracebridge for supporting the Visionary Life podcast and for believing in our mission of spotlighting visionary entrepreneurs who are sharing their brilliance with the world through their unique businesses. If you'd like to learn more about this quaint little town in Ontario, head to visitthebridge.ca. That's www.visitthebridge.ca. I'll see you in the next episode.